0: I hope you all enjoyed the episode last week about lobsters. I really, really loved that episode. It got me so excited. And we have some really cute pictures that some of our listeners have sent of lobster scientists that made me so happy. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll be posting those coming up on social media. So for this week, we're going to be back on our rebroadcast schedule and I'm really excited. We're going to rebroadcast our episode about what is rain smell because it's April. It's been raining a lot. But also, Jam already knows this. We already record this. It's not a spoiler. Next week, we're going to be talking about the chemistry of tears. So it's a little bit like we're talking about the earth tears. And then next week, we're going to talk about human tears.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's perfect. And this one's one of those that, like, this episode is just far enough back where if you hadn't heard it and haven't, like, you've, we've all wondered about rain smell, mm-hmm. you could easily have missed this episode. And you we don't want you to. So... It's a cool prep for then talking about our human tears next week.
0: Yes. So we're pretty excited about rebroadcasting this episode. And hopefully the next time you get an April shower, you can think about what that nice rain smell is.
1: Enjoy. We'll see you guys next
0: week. See you next week. I'm Melissa. And I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm still not. (laughs) Should I say I'm still a chemist? (laughs) (laughs) There we go. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life.
1: The podcast helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life.
0: I can't really unbecome a chemist. Like once it's in your Mm -hmm. mind to think about things that way, it'll never change.
1: Right. Right. And it does kind of Bring to mind, like, what is it that qualifies you as a chemist? Like, what is the one thing that makes you one and can that be taken away from you? Kind of not.
0: There is a whole right? area of research about what's known as STEM identity and when different people feel comfortable calling themselves like a physicist, a mathematician, a chemist. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty interesting.
1: That is interesting.
0: So huh. I did did not and still don't feel super comfortable calling myself a chemist, but having to say it on the podcast every single week really made me, you know, embrace that part of my identity.
1: Yeah. And I think it, it shouldn't be that hard to say it, only because I'm thinking like, you're definitely a chemist. Like you are one, but mm-hmm. it doesn't imply, like someone just saying I'm a chemist doesn't imply that they're a good one necessarily. Yeah. It's kind of like me just saying I'm, what am I, what's the thing I could say?
0: You're a videographer.
1: Right. If I say that it doesn't really like... I can say it and not really be promising a lot about how good I am. You know what I mean? It's just (laughs) like, here's what I do. You know
0: what? This is a good opportunity to remind everyone that just because I'm considered an expert, I have a master's degree. I'm qualified Mm -hmm, to talk mm -hmm. about organic chemistry. That doesn't mean I know everything. That doesn't mean I'm never going to make mistakes. I'm very open to feedback. Uh If I make a mistake or miscommunicate something, I want to know so that we can address it on the show. I don't ever want to spread misinformation I'm always open to hearing more, learning more, learning deeper on the show so that I can share it with more people. There's a quote that I quoted at the very, very beginning of doing this show about Uh how being a chemist really, or an expert of any kind really doesn't mean you know everything. It means you know even more about what you don't know. Yeah. I think that's so important for people who are pursuing further education.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's really good.
0: Good reminder to throw out there.
1: Yeah. And it's like, it's also good to know because you're not, you're still like us. Like you're still a human like we are. Oh, yeah. Even though you're a chemist. It's not like you've achieved like this enlightenment that we can never achieve. Like you can still relate to our problems and stuff, right?
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I am better than you right right but I mean, like you can still
1: relate, <laughs> is what I'm saying
0: can still relate even though you know I don't ever have normal people problems right
1: right. right. gosh <laughs> so cool
0: I do tend to think that how much I know about chemistry that's how much every person knows about their field so there's so so much to mm-hmm. know this is just my area that I've dug really deep into yeah,
1: yeah. so
0: good uh good segue good reminder there So do you want to know what we're going to talk about today?
1: More than anything in the world.
0: I'm so excited. We're going to talk about oft requested, oft brought up to me, smells.
1: Smells. The
0: chemistry of smells.
1: Oft requested. There's a pun there with uh, waft, uh, waft, off olfactory.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oft requested olfactory. Wafting, topic. waft requested.
1: Wafting right into the podcast <laughs> today is the topic of smells.
0: So we're going to talk about the mechanism of smell, just in general, how do you smell? Okay. Then we're going to talk about why different people enjoy the taste and smell of different things.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting.
0: And then we're going to talk about the smell of something very familiar. hmm Rain smell. Oh. Rain smell.
1: I've always wondered about that. I mean, I've really always wondered about all smells, so I'm really, really super excited about this topic. (laughs) I just have no idea how it works.
0: Well, let's talk about it. How do we smell things? How does smell work? First, it's important to smells that you have odorous molecules that have vaporized into the air. Mm -hmm. So basically airborne molecules, gaseous molecules that have, that will hit are olfactory receptors. Mm -hmm. Olfactory just means sense of smell. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And those will then send signals to our brains. Mm -hmm. So a a molecule that's vaporized, turned into a gas, travels through the air, hits these receptors, and then that activates the whole process by which smells are transmitted to our brains. So that sounds simple.
1: Yeah, it sounds simple, but also Mm -hmm. I have like a question about every single one of those steps.
0: (laughs) Well, before you ask me, Uh I want to tell you that Most of this mechanism was elucidated and Uh explained in uh, around 1991. That's not very long ago. Yeah, it's not. I'm, I was born in 1991. Yeah. So they've only discovered this roughly in my lifetime.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Which is insane. Humans have been around for so long. Yeah. The atomic bomb was around before we understood smell very well. Yeah. Yeah amazing
1: that is what the heck I know but I also I love how that
0: kind of sunk in (laughs) yeah I also get
1: it though because there are so many things that I'm sure like we can make hypotheses and kind of Mm -hmm. test out a little but like what are you gonna do like take a a body and like look inside the nose like what can you really discover about that right how much can really be observed is a is I mean just similar to the brain I guess it's like what can we really know Right. like about what's going where in the brain. It's like, it's all, we're just scratching the surface Yeah, of all this stuff. So I get it. And I'm glad that I'm not the one that has to figure it out, but I do really want to know all that there is to know.
0: Well, the people who figured it out, it's two scientists, somebody named Richard Axel and Linda Buck. So uh-huh. a woman in STEM, woo. Hey-o. And they received a Nobel prize for their work in the field of physiology and medicine. So a lot of that part, uh-huh. the activation of the, what's going on in your brain is in the field of physiology and medicine and it was kind of hard for me to track. Right. So I described to you the very, very, very basics. Mm -hmm. It's way more complicated than that, Mm -hmm. but what they discovered and what I think is a really big deal is that there are genes that give rise that are responsible for our olfactory sensors.
1: Oh,
0: so the things in our nose that sense smells Uh and send those signals are, as a result of our genetics. Yeah. And several of those olfactory sensors can, you know, be combined for you to recognize the overall smell of something. Yeah. Which is amazing.
1: That makes sense that it's genetic. I hadn't thought about that. But like, even just the fact that, like, I remember my brother had a friend in high school who was nose blind or nose deaf or whatever you mm-hmm.
0: call it. He couldn't smell at all.
1: Yeah. She, mm-hmm. she couldn't. Oh, she. Yeah. But it was like her, one of her parents also couldn't. So it was like. I don't know if it's always that way, but it obviously would increase the chances. Right. If that's possible, genetic wise, it makes sense that even some of the other like specifics about smelling could also be passed down.
0: Right. And that was the next thing I was going to say. Uh-huh. If genes are responsible for your smell receptors, that means that genetics play into how we smell different things. Mm Mm-hmm. So our genetics can predetermine how sensitive we are to certain smells, if we even have certain smell receptors or don't, Uh that all plays into the way you experience the world. Yeah. Isn't that insane? Yeah. And so that is possibly why some people like the smell or don't like the smell of different things or even tastes have a lot to do with smells. Uh Uh-huh. Is because of the genetics of your olfactory receptors could be different. So you find things less intense or more intense in a way that's pleasing to you. Whoa. So your genes are part of why you like the way things smell.
1: That is very, very interesting.
0: Mind blowing, right? What? I just thought I liked things or didn't. I didn't even (laughs) think about Mm -hmm. my genetics, what was going on inside my nose or why I would like things or didn't.
1: Yeah. Gosh. I
0: know. Mind blowing blowing.
1: So here's a question. Well, maybe this isn't something you can answer, but I also have, I feel like have had situations where a smell has really grown on me. Mm, mm-hmm. I form associations with it in my own lifetime. And then I grow to like it a lot and also mm. be able to pick it out better. Like, yeah, are those Omo chocolate cookies? I that, like, <laughs> like I have grown to love it in my lifetime, and I can smell it and tell the smell.
0: So, like I said, I had a hard time sussing out a lot of the more technical language. Yeah. But one of the articles about the original printed article Mm -hmm. said that their work also elucidated why smell can be tied to memory.
1: Oh, got it.
0: And a totally different article I read said that smells that are more common or maybe in larger doses, I was a little confused on the language, can almost commandeer other olfactory receptors Mm -hmm. so they can take over more. I don't know if that was temporary or permanent and the article that it was linked to was blocked. I couldn't access it. Oh, interesting. So I think it's possible that if you're exposed to something a lot, your olfactory sensors might maybe change over time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's also possible that something is going on in that link to memory. But I was... I didn't have a clear picture on the their research on how smells are linked to memory. Got it. So maybe I'll get smarter in the area of physiology and medicine and dig in and be able to talk about that more. Yeah. Or if you're already listeners at home, smart and good in that area, go check out the work of Dr. Axel and Dr. Buck for their Nobel Prize, and you'll be able to learn more about it.
1: Yeah. Thanks. So cool.
0: So cool. And they also said... In one of the articles that I read that we have 800 olfactory receptors, but it's possible only around 400 of those are active and 400 are responsible for most of the smells we experience. Uh So that also could play into you being able to detect it better and enjoying it more. Yeah. But I bet it also has a lot to do with your brain.
1: Yeah. Gosh, so complicated.
0: Yeah. The human body is very complicated. It was very hard to put together everything for this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so that's the basics of smells.
1: And that's the the human part, the mm-hmm. part that, I mean, you already said some of the, about the molecules or whatever, but mm-hmm. like a lot of that was the part that our nose and our receptors and our brain's doing. Is there more on the like chemistry side?
0: Well, it is important that molecules are vaporized. Okay, okay. And then essentially the molecule will act as, it's referred to often in the papers as a ligand, which basically mm-hmm. just means... Something that attaches to something else. That's the best way I can describe it. So it'll come in and basically fit in. Mm -hmm. Just like we talked about sugar Mm -hmm. in the, what makes artificial sweeteners sweet, Mm -hmm. it'll lock into the receptor and start to send those signals. Mm -hmm. One paper I read indicated that different molecules that were similar could be detected by the same olfactory receptor. Interesting. So. Huh. Do you have any other questions
1: on that? I don't know. (laughs)
0: This is a good opportunity for those of you listening. If you have questions, just go ahead. Not if you're driving, pull out your phone and write them down and send them in so that we can answer them in our next Q and R.
1: I think some some of the questions that come to mind are maybe ones that are like, but how, you know, which might not be that helpful. Right. But I am just a little bit like, so like everything has like, or all the things we can smell has some sort of vapor molecule coming off of it. Yes. And that's like, kind of blow my mind. Cause I'm like, okay, so if that means if we could see smell, like put on some magic goggles and see some smells, we would be seeing them everywhere. Like think about dust.
0: We're going to talk about that.
1: Oh, okay.
0: No, but you can keep going, but we'll talk about it more.
1: Okay. Or like this coffee I have right here. Like, would there just be like a plume of smells coming off of it?
0: It's more that kind of stuff, like but- if you had, you could zoom into a molecular level, there would be coffee molecules in mm-hmm. the air that will come in lock in. And it's possible that, I mean, I know for a fact that coffee is made up of a lot of different molecules. Uh-huh. So all those different molecules will hit your olfactory receptors and those will send signals, which will be combined in your brain to say coffee.
1: Yeah. And so, so many coffees are so different too. That's kind of so crazy that-, that we can't, I mean, it's kind of crazy that like, We're not just like, ding, coffee. It's more like, ding, good coffee. Ding, bad coffee. Ding, like we have all kinds of, or like this kind of cookie, this kind of cookie. Like it's pretty incredible how many like smells we can smell.
0: Yeah, and how many molecules are in those things Mm -hmm. that you're smelling, cookies, coffee, whatever, that then you have, your genetics have designed or your genetics have accounted for the Mm -hmm. ability for your nose to take in all those molecules into their receptors and then be able to signal that to your brain.
1: Yeah. Gosh.
0: Isn't that amazing?
1: Yeah. I'm (laughs) getting a little overwhelmed.
0: Well, don't get overwhelmed. Okay. Because I have a fun thing to sort of wrap it up for you to help you visualize it.
1: Okay.
0: Also next week we're going to talk about even more.
1: So this is kind of just the beginning of Mm -hmm. smells.
0: This is part one. Next week, we're going to do part two. And then as I'm sure people will ask more questions, I can take those and dig into individual things and we can do later parts way later Oh man,
1: I'm excited. This seems like, yeah, that makes sense though. There would be so many things. Like we couldn't cover all the smells in one deal.
0: I almost made this a three-part intro, but I decided to take it down to two. Also, I forgot to mention to illustrate the idea of The people with different genetics having different awarenesses of different smells. Uh American Chemical Society made a video where different people tried the fruit durian.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, And we'll talk more
0: about durian and why people respond to it so strongly. But people can have very strong negative reactions. Uh And one person... They had a side-by-side video and one person on one side was just eating the fruit and like, hmm, yeah, no big deal. And the other person on the other side was eating it and gagging. <laughs> and you are like, genetics at work.
1: Oh, wow. That's <laughs> Isn't crazy. Isn't that crazy?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was a good representation of that.
1: Okay. Yeah. Man, I've heard so many things about that fruit. I'm like kind of scared to experience it.
0: <laughs> well, I don't want to <laughs> experience it. So. Okay. So rain smell. Okay. I really love the smell after a nice light rain that Mm -hmm. gives, especially in the summer, Mm -hmm. gives a good feeling when you walk outside. Yes. That is rain smell. Uh Uh-huh. And some scientists have looked into why you get that smell after a dry rain. Yeah. And they named that smell petrichor.
1: Oh, yeah. I've heard that word before.
0: I've heard that word before too, but what I didn't know is they discovered an oil. It was by Isabel Baer and Richard Thomas, two chemists, Mm -hmm. Isabel Baer, woman in STEM. Woo. It's the episode of women in STEM today. Yeah, it
1: is. In history. Why don't you say woo every time there's a woman in stem and I'll just say heyo? Okay, great. It'll just be like a little like. <laughs> Our thing. Almost like you say woman in stem, I say heyo. Woman in stem. Woo. <laughs> <hey-o.
0: laughs> All right. Okay, so in warm, dry rocks and soil, you can find this oil and they call that oil also uh-huh. petrichor. Okay. It's made primarily of two different types of fatty acids mm-hmm. that occur from plants and bacteria.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And those fatty acids don't really have a strong smell. Mm hmm. But they break down into smaller molecules that are easier to vaporize and that are known for having pretty good s- ability to vaporize and make smells. Okay, they're smellier compounds. Not yeah. necessarily bad, but they just have more of a smell. So, and that's just a natural chemical reaction that happens over time. Okay. Smaller, more aromatic compounds. Aromatic in the non-chemistry word for those of you who are chemistry students.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I've heard aromatic, but it means something different in chemistry.
0: Yeah, we don't have to talk about it. (laughs) We can talk about it later. So on an interesting side note, Mm -hmm. they looked into why these plants secrete these oils, this Mm -hmm. petrichor oil, and they thought initially maybe it would help them grow. Mm -hmm. So they put that oil on plants and actually it makes them wither. And their best hypothesis as to why these plants produce that is when it's dry and there's not been a lot of rain, they secrete that oil to get other plants that are trying to encroach on their area back and make them wither away so that they can take them more of the water that is there.
1: Oh my gosh. It's, it's like sort of an offensive thing.
0: Right. Isn't that so like harsh and cold blooded?
1: (laughs) It really is. But like, like, I mean, so much of plants and animals and even, I guess us are all about like staying alive. So it's like, that's kind of the goal for everything.
0: Cutthroat, cutthroat plants. Harsh. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah,
1: that is interesting.
0: So that's one component of rain smell okay. is this oil called petrichor.
1: And it's just in plants? You said that? It or can it- be
0: produced by plants and bacteria. Okay. Just a mixture of fatty acids that then break down. That yeah. oil will have more aromatic components, more smelly huh. components to it. The other thing is a, this is actually a chemical compound. It's not a... Oil. It's a chemical Mm -hmm. compound known as geosmin. It has a chemical structure. So any organic chemist or whoever wants to go look it up, you can see the structure. Mm -hmm. Geosmin has that earthy smell. Mm -hmm. It's the smell that you get when you break up your garden. Yes. It's produced by certain bacteria. Uh It tastes bad to us if you put it in water. Okay. But it smells good to us. Huh. It has that earthy taste in beets. That's that's the what we would taste, but it smells good. Uh-huh. And we're so good at detecting it, you can detect one teaspoon of geosmin in a two in the equivalent of two hundred Olympic swimming pools. What? Isn't that insane?
1: That's really weird. Did it, I mean, was that like necessary to our survival? To like know if something
0: We were eating and drinking,
1: had that in there. So that's why we have such a strong ability.
0: I don't know. We're going to talk next week about instances where that is definitely true, Uh but I couldn't find much more information at all about geosmin. That's crazy. So interesting. But it is that earthy smell, like Mm -hmm. when you're breaking up your garden or after a rain, when you get that earthy smell, that's as a result of geosmin.
1: So we're smelling a combo of geosmin and petrichor when
0: it rains? Yes, but... How does that get to our nose when it rains and not every other day? Why do we have that smell when it rains and not the rest of the time? Because it's always in the ground, huh? especially if it's warm and dry.
1: Is the fact that like, so the humidity is way higher, right? Whenever it's raining, because mm-hmm. literally there's water in the air, big old drops of it and tiny ones. Mm-hmm. Is it like carrying it around? Like it's like.
0: That's very close.
1: Water up or slapping the earth and stuff and slapping the plants and then little it's kind of like sending out the oil and whatever else stuff
0: That is a great guess that's really good. Okay so <laughs> some scientists uh-huh. took a very zoomed in video of what happens when raindrops hit the ground Uh-huh the raindrops hit the ground and air bubbles get trapped underneath the raindrops underneath the water. Uh Then those air bubbles burst. Uh And when they burst, these tiny, tiny drops of water are flying out of the burst, making Uh basically an aerosol. So just small molecules that are being carried in the air. And that is what brings the smell of petrichor. And Jasmine to our nose is it gets aerosolized as a result of those bubbles bursting after the water that's drops falls on it.
1: Very interesting.
0: And that's why it smells like that after a light rain, but not after a downpour heavy rain.
1: Right, right.
0: Because it's not going to allow that. And this is amazing to me. A scientist took a video of this occurring and you can actually see that happening. huh. I learned it from an ACS video, but they published in a peer reviewed journal uh-huh. where you could see the image Uh of the aerosol forming and you could visualize that that is then the volatile compound that's hitting our nose and why that gets carried to us more than than other times.
1: Whoa. What?
0: Isn't that that. insane? Okay. We will link to the ACS video. It's an ACS reactions video. They have a lot of information that will help me to start on Mm -hmm. some confusing topics. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: We'll put a link in our show notes. I highly encourage you to go look at it and to check out the original paper if you are a scientist, cause it's really amazing. And I'm going to show it to you jam right now.
1: Okay. I can't wait. And we're back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God. we, I, so I just saw the video and it was way, way, way cool. Um, and what it immediately reminded me of is how like so you have a pot of s- soup or stew something like that that you're cooking on the stove. If you throw something else in there, no matter what it is, I mean, maybe you pour a little bit of oil or um, some sort of like vegetable juice or something like that, or you throw in some more beans or whatever, no matter what it is you're adding to the pot, even if you don't like plunge it in, like, <laughs> like, like slam dunk it in, which would be a horrible idea, a little bit of whatever's in the pot can also just fly up. Mm-hmm. So like I just pour a little bit of oil in, even though it's not like, like I irresponsibly slam dunked it in mm-hmm. a little bit of the broth that's already in there can easily splash up. Yep. And also a lot of times when you do that, you get a little bit of a whiff of like mm-hmm. more of what's happening by just disturbing the, the pot. Right. By adding something else. That's what it immediately reminded me of. Like, especially if you, like, if I like get tomato based soup or something like that, you gotta be careful cause you could easily splatter it onto yourself with even like the slightest bit of something that you're adding in. Right. That's what of made me think of first. It's like, Like, rain is just like a lot of ingredients being added to a soup, (laughs) and then a little bit of the earthy stuff and other things on the ground and on the plants and stuff like that just shoots into the air.
0: Very insightful.
1: But it happens everywhere, a little bit everywhere. It's like on this crazy scale. It's kind of nuts.
0: The authors of that paper, by the way, are Jung and Boy. I'm sure I'm butchering those, but it is a really outstanding paper Mm -hmm. and quite beautiful. That's when science is so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the way I found it was through these reaction videos from the ACS that we're going to link to. And Mm -hmm. I use those actually as references a lot. So they're worth it to check out if you ever are interested in some everyday life applications of science beyond just this. Awesome. Well, that's it for me on this end. So you ready to teach me what you learned today?
1: I am very ready. Okay. So we've all got noses. We've all, we've had them all for a long time. In fact, it's so long that we just call it the old factory. You know what
0: I'm saying? <laughs> no, <laughs>
1: oldest factory in the book. And <laughs> no. there's just molecules of stuff in the air all the time. We already know that's true. Mm-hmm. They, whether it's just like water or the air we're breathing, which is a combination of a bunch of stuff—oxygen, nitrogen, whatever else, mm-hmm. CO2—and also, um, apparently, things that we drink or eat or that grow or anything on the earth
0: mm-hmm.
1: can. Have a little bit of its essence, I guess, molecules of it enter the air, and somehow, in some amazing way, our noses have these receptors that when those molecules, yeah. a few of them, get in there, our old, our olfactory <laughs> starts churning up, and it. Um,
0: I should start vetting my <laughs> ideas of what I'm gonna do on how good it is, how easy it is for you to make a stupid pun out of it. <laughs> it's like stupid pun. No, we can't do that.
1: <laughs> Dude, I think the, I think olfactory is just too funny. It's just like, <laughs> I love that it's called that. It's so perfect. Okay. Whoever did that was just asking for it to be a pun. Um, so our noses have these receptors. And when the molecules get in there, it starts doing stuff, I guess. And it's like, okay, what's mm-hmm. happening? What is this? And it's working hard with our brain, I guess, Mm -hmm. to identify what it is and to somehow then allow us to like actually experience that sensation. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So it takes the little molecule. This is the part that's hard because it's not really chemistry. A lot of this is the, would you say physio something?
0: Physiology. Physiology.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, But the important part that the, the, the real chemistry part of it is that these molecules that come from different things. Um, give us hints about what they are and then our noses can pick up on that. So like little bits of coffee is who knows how many types of molecules are up in the air floating around into our noses, but then our brain's able to figure out, Oh, it's coffee. Right. Um, And,
0: and again, if there's someone who has worked on this or studied this, that is listening, please let us know. We'd love to learn more.
1: And then we know what, what the smell is.
0: Yeah. Amazing.
1: So with the, the example you gave of rain smell, there's a few things that have to enter the air for us to get the smell that we identify as rain smell. Mm -hmm. Um, Rain smell is just a byproduct of it raining and raindrops as they hit, sending like an aerosol form of these things that are always around Mm -hmm. um, into the air. And then we smell them. And a unique combo.
0: Right. I think the petrichor is around more predominantly when it's warm. Okay. Oh, interesting. From what I could tell, I didn't look deeply into that part.
1: That really, I mean, I don't know if it's just because you just said that and now I'm thinking about it, but I think if you had asked me, I would have associated it more with like spring and summer than I would with like raining in the winter. You know what I mean?
0: Yes. I didn't realize that either until I was looking up information about this. That's crazy. Right.
1: So it sends that into the air. Um the rain is what does that as mm-hmm. it falls and then just like everything else we smell we smell those little bits, little molecules of of petrichor and geosmin. Right. Um in in the air and then we know that is rain smell. Right. Gosh, dude, that's crazy.
0: That is crazy. The one thing I want to clarify uh-huh. for chemists specifically is geosmin is a compound, of a molecule, one individual type, uh-huh. and petrichor is made up of a lot okay. of fatty acids that break down into other things. Okay. So those are that's kind of a distinction. One is one type of molecule and the mm-hmm. other is a is an oil made up of many different ones, but okay. that is a distinction that would only matter to... Maybe like 10% of our listeners. So if you
1: could see the molecules flying up in the air, the geosmin would look simpler.
0: It's one ring.
1: Uh-huh. And, and then,
0: then petrichor is. It would be like a
1: few things. It's like 10 right. things mm-hmm. that fly in the air. 10 different
0: types of molecules. Yeah. Right.
1: Okay. Got just it. Just
0: for example, 10 is a random number, but yes. Yeah.
1: So exactly 10, no more, no less. <laughs> <laughs> Don't
0: listen to anything he says. Uh, just kidding. Flying
1: to the air. That's interesting especially that our noses can like kind of add those up together and think of it as one thing. So it's like right. we're getting however many umpteen things in, on these receptors mm-hmm. and we're like, yep, that's oatmeal cookies. Right. Or, yep. That's rain smell. Yeah. That's really fascinating.
0: I know it really is fascinating. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, I very much did.
0: Should we wrap it up with our weekend review?
1: I'd love to. Let's do it. One highlight of my week is a kind of simple one, but a friend of mine, created a uh, kind of cool group text discord thing for um, media people, like mm. photo, video, audio people.
0: Right up your alley. Mm-hmm.
1: And so me and one of your roommates um, and a bunch of other people are in it.
0: One of my roommates? Yeah. Oh,
1: cool. <laughs> is it okay to say that? Yeah. Okay.
0: I forgot. I guess she is a media person. <laughs> yeah. I just think of her as my friend.
1: Yeah. So me and Nicole and a lot of other people are in this discord thing where media people can talk and stuff. And it's been really fun. I think it'll also be like really helpful, like get feedback on stuff. So far it's just been really fun. And a lot of work I do is either alone or just with like one person at a time kind of thing. Yeah. And so it's, it's fun to have almost like the water cooler chat thing with people that do really similar work to what I do. Right. but it's an artificial situation because we'd never all be in an office like right. that. You know, it doesn't really make yeah. sense. You don't have the like a media factory or whatever.
0: Wow, that's so cool. So
1: I've really been enjoying that this week and it's been a huge highlight. And it's just been a lot of fun. So
0: That's great. I'm happy to hear that.
1: I only know like a couple of them in real life. And so it's also weird because it's like all these new folks that I'm learning about. So that's cool too.
0: That sounds awesome.
1: What about you? What's going on with your week?
0: Well... I kind of mentioned I've got some family stuff with my mom having surgery. And so that's been making it kind of hard for me to focus on my work.
1: Yes. Understandable.
0: Yeah. I, my instinct is to just watch TV all day. Yeah. <laughs> so yesterday to counteract that, I went to go stay, spend the day working with my friend who mm-hmm. stays at home with her son. Mm-hmm. This is friend of the show, uh-huh. Abby and Abby and Steven. Oh yes. They have
1: Steven, a, the very inquisitive yes. questioner.
0: And Abby actually found these old pictures. I can post them of me teaching uh-huh. Stephen organic chemistry before even we started this show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of fun.
1: Dang, that is fun.
0: But I went to stay with her while she was home with her very cute son, Miles, and uh-huh. just worked all day yesterday. Uh-huh. And I got so much done and it was so nice to be just in their home. And comfortable, but still getting work done. Yes. Yeah. And it's just helpful for me to have someone there who knows I'm supposed to be working (laughs) (laughs) to just actually concentrate. And I got quite a bit knocked out. And so that was just a really nice time. Yeah. Almost restful, but still very productive. Uh Good to see people I really care about. I've been close friends with them for nine or 10 years now. So that was just a really nice way to spend a working day. Totally. That's awesome. That was a really nice thing about my week. And I got everything done for this episode and uh-huh. next week's episode. I'm really on top of things. Nice. <laughs> so that was good. I think that's really good. Yeah, good friends make everything better.
1: Yeah, they really do.
0: All right. Well thank you guys so much. Thanks, Jam, for coming to my office and learning about smells. Anytime. And thank you guys at home listening and learning about smells and giving me an opportunity to get to learn more so I can teach you guys more. I've had so much fun making these episodes.
1: Wilson, and I have a lot of ideas for topics of chemistry in everyday life, but we want to hear from you just like smells, which we heard from a lot of you guys. So if you have questions or ideas, you can reach out to us on Gmail, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at chem for your life. That's chem F O R your life to share thoughts and ideas. If you enjoy this podcast, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And if you really like it, you can write a review on Apple podcasts that helps us to be able to share chemistry with even more people. If you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to the cost of making it, go to ko-fi.com slash chem your life and donate the cost of a cup of coffee.
0: This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. References for this episode can be found in our show notes or on our website. Jam Robinson is our producer, and we'd like to give a special thanks to A. Hefner and N. Newell, who reviewed this episode.